Good morning. Welcome to Hope on this snow-covered morning. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to be gathered together today. I don't remember every morning of my fourth grade year. Maybe you do, but I don't. It's funny, isn't it, how, how some memories fade, but others, they stand out. And I remember one morning in particular. I remember coming into the classroom, and, and it was at Oak Hill Elementary in St. Cloud, Minnesota, where we lived for a few years. And I remember that morning, Mrs. Hall, my teacher, was there, and she asked me to come back outside into the hallway. And I did, and, and if I close my eyes right now, I can still see the polished floors of the hallway, and I can still see the, the dark gray brick that was on the walls in that hall, and I can still see her standing there with, with a stack of papers that were stapled together, and, and she showed it to me, and, and the first thing I saw on those papers was the color red. It was my math test from the day before. She showed me the top, D minus, yikes. And I remember that morning so well because that's the morning I decided to become a preacher. <laughs> she said, this isn't like you. You don't usually get all those answers wrong. And, and I was standing there, I must have been eight years old. And, and I remember the breath sort of went out of my gut. And all those questions come to you. The questions that you ask when you fail at something like, what's gonna happen next? What are people gonna think about me? What are my parents gonna say? And it was right there in that breathless moment as an eight-year-old standing in the hallway that she said something that I will never forget. She said, it's okay, I'm gonna let you try again. And she gave me a new test, and I did. And there's a lesson there for us, for all of us. It's one that I didn't understand until later in life, a lesson about truth and grace and this tension between them and what happens when, when someone embraces that tension can change our lives. So we're here today and, and we're continuing this sermon series, The Culture of Hope, and, and today we're thinking about this phrase, the radical middle. It's probably not a phrase that you've ever used before, the radical middle. It's this place of grace and truth. Let's pray as we begin. Father in heaven, as we encounter your word, may it show us who we are. But even more than that, Lord, may it show us who we are in you, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I have to confess something to you. I got in a fight the other day. Okay, it wasn't a fight. It was an argument on the internet, which you should never do, by the way. Okay, it was maybe not an argument, it was a, a heated dispute, and it wasn't public on social media, but it was a very spirited disagreement that left me just a little bit concerned about the state of humanity. I was in a group chat with some of my friends, and I expressed a truth, okay, maybe not a truth, my opinion, which is true to me, about which fast food french fries are the best. <laughs> and already you have an answer in your head, don't you? And if you aren't thinking about fries that are curly, you are wrong. 
The curly ones are the best, and you know where to get them, so go get them. When I explained the merits of curly fries to these people who I thought were my friends, I was met with a whole bunch of criticism and opposing viewpoints. Uh, No, the long golden ones are better. No, the crinkle cut ones are better. No, the waffle ones are better. You know where to get all these, but they're just not as good as the curly fries that I say are the best. And so we had to agree to disagree in that moment. And I left that debate wondering how on earth How on earth are we supposed to live in this world if we can't even agree on fries? This is a divided world. You know this. It was just election season. I don't need to remind you that that everywhere you've gone, you've heard ads or seen ads about this or that, about who's right, who's wrong, what's true, what's not. You've seen easy answers to life's complex situations doled out on, on social media as if life was that simple. This is a world, this is a culture where where if we disagree, we become fast enemies. It's, it's a world where we put up walls very quickly. It's an us and them kind of place. It's a right and wrong kind of place. It's an in and out kind of place. It's a crinkle cut, curly kind of place. And I wonder how on earth are we supposed to live in that kind of world? When I think about it, it seems impossible. And I think that on our own, it probably is. One of the values that we seek to live out here at Hope is this value called the radical middle. And we say radical middle, we don't mean a neutral place. It's not actually even a, a political reality. It's not somewhere in between the left and the, and the right. It's not about finding the middle ground. It's, it's something beyond that. It's a spiritual, eternal value, this place that's outside of all of those other realities. And it's right in the middle between two powerful forces in our lives, two realities that come to us only in the person of Jesus and the realities are this, grace and truth. The radical middle is the place between the grace and truth of Jesus. And it's sort of like that place that I found myself in on that morning in fourth grade, in the truth of my failure and the grace of a kind teacher. But it's so much more than that. Grace and truth in, in Jesus were caught in between them. And, and in the middle of that is this very strange place to be in this world because they don't mix very well. They're kind of like oil and vinegar, grace and truth. Grace is the truth that we find in, uh, truth is, is the thing that we find in Scripture. It's the truth about our life, about priorities, about it's uh, the law, the commandments, the, the direction that God gives us in life. It's the ideal for life, the mark that you and I are supposed to reach for. It's the the Jesus reality of how we're supposed to live in this world and, and how we're supposed to be in this world. It's the thing that we often fail at, the thing that we often miss. And even more than that, God's truth is fully known to us in a person, in Jesus, who says, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's truth. What about grace? God's grace is this thing that we can never earn. 
It's the gift that God gives us in Jesus through his death, through his resurrection, through his sacrifice on the cross. It it comes to us through faith. It's this gift that says that your sins are forgiven, that eternity is yours, and that starts right now. It's the truth and the grace that, that, that tells you that when you fail, that you can get back up again and try again in Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. These two concepts that seem so far apart. How can we hold them together? One of my favorite verses in scripture comes from John, first chapter, and it says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. These two things that don't make sense together. A truth that we can't live up to and a grace that we can't earn. They come together fully in Jesus because he is full of both. They mix in him. In theory, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around, but, but in Jesus, in him alone, in his life, death, and resurrection, they come together because he is truth and he pours out grace, even to the point of death. There's a tension there that's hard for us to understand. And so I asked one of our members, Bob Schwant, to explain it. Bob's a a pharmacist, and he also keeps our libraries north and south up to date. And while he does that, I think Bob reads every book that he puts on the shelf. So he knows a lot about theology, about God, about this world. And so I love how Bob explains the radical middle. Let's see, Bob. The radical middle. In an often divided and divisive world, we are drawn beyond, drawn through the brokenness, into the both and of Jesus' grace and his truth. Jesus came into the world, into the brokenness, sharing in our experiences and drawing us through them to more, something beyond the divided world, yet also in it, shaped by it. Let me explain. In my job, we have something called antimicrobial synergy, which is one plus one equals three. Say you're walking by the lake and you scrape your cap on something and the small cut gets infected. I can give you something like penicillin and it might work to clear up the infection and fix your leg. I can give you something like erythromycin, and that might work to clear up the infection and fix your leg. Penicillin, that's one. Erythromycin, that's one. But if I give you penicillin and erythromycin, the one plus one equals three. The penicillin works better than it would have alone. The erythromycin works better than it would have alone. They work synergistically. That is, they work together better than either one alone. One plus one equals three. They both work and they both work better together. Both and. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you. You do it and God does it. Both and. In John 8, Jesus speaks both truth and grace. Jesus speaks truth. You've all sinned. If you're without sin, cast the first stone. Jesus also speaks grace. I do not condemn you. Both truth, you're a sinner, and grace, in me, you are not condemned. Peace, 
True peace lies in the tension of the both and. Our life lived on our own is just that, our life, one life, one. But just like our antibiotics, both you and Christ, living in his grace and truth, doing life together, equals so much more than three. One plus one equals three. That's the question I couldn't get right on my math test. <laughs> Bob got it just right. Grace and truth together in the fullness of Jesus, they have this power to shape our world and our lives in ways that, that nothing else can. And, and the, the truth is that they, these things, they have to be held in tension. It has to have the right balance or things fall apart because truth without grace makes the world harsh and mean. It becomes a dark place without hope. And grace without truth is cheap. It's not really grace because it doesn't lead us anywhere. And that tension, it's, it's hard for us to manage to get the balance right because uh, we, we think about our own truth. And there's all sorts of other voices that tell us what grace and truth are in this world. So where do we look? Where do we turn? We have to turn and look to Jesus because he doesn't just talk about grace and truth. He is grace and truth in his very being. Bob mentioned our gospel reading for today, this example of what grace and truth look like in motion, in reality, working together. It's early in the morning and, and Jesus and his disciples, they're in the temple courts. It's this place where everybody comes to gather. It's like being downtown on a busy Saturday. And, and the teachers and the Pharisees, they drag this woman into the crowd and they stand her up before everyone and they, they point out Jesus and they ask him what to do about her. She was caught in the act of adultery and the law says that she must be stoned to death. And the decision that they put before Jesus is one of grace or truth. They want him to choose which one of those is it going to be. If he gives her grace, they catch him in a trap for not obeying the law, and if he gives her truth, they stone her. What they weren't expecting from Jesus was both grace and truth together. That's what he gives them. Truth first for them. Jesus says, you who are without sin, why don't you throw the first stone? And they know the truth. They're all sinners. And he gives them grace as he lets them walk away. Then it's grace and truth for the woman. He tells her, I do not condemn you. That's grace. But then he says, now go and leave your life of sin. Truth. He holds her right there in the radical middle, right there between truth and grace. The truth that sees her sin and her failure to do what's right and his grace that says, I don't condemn you. The perfect balance in Jesus. What we come here to remember or maybe to discover for the first time is that he holds you and me in that same place, right there, his truth nudges us towards what's good and right, and his grace picks up the pieces when we fail, and we will. In Jesus, you and I 
We live in the radical middle. And because of that, he calls us today when we go out into the world to see the world with eyes of grace and truth. And it's not an easy thing because you and I are, are broken people and, and, and we get confused about which truth is Jesus' truth and which truth is my truth. Uh, what feels truthful to us maybe isn't. We, we like to sway out of that tension uh, away from grace or, or far past it. But, but when we fix our eyes on him, when we rest in his grace and truth, he pulls us back back into balance, back into the middle, and we begin to shape the world by living out those two realities in the midst of our lives. Here's what that looks like. I remember hearing a story a few months ago about a man named John who told this story. He was talking about his life. He had uh, he lived on the West Coast, and he had grown up with next to nothing. But uh, early in his adulthood, he found success in the restaurant business. And then he got married, and he started raising some children. And he remembers pouring everything he had into his work. And he loved it. He loved the money. He, he loved the, the late nights out at the restaurant, and the food, and the people, and the fun. And he remembers loving all of the stuff that he could buy. And he remembers uh, pouring everything into that work and getting lost in it. Spent all his time working. He rarely saw his kids. His, his wife didn't know if, if they were a priority, if she was a priority in his life anymore. But she was a faithful woman and, and she prayed and asked that God would help to find a solution, to tell her what to do. This is what she discovered. She loved her husband so much that she told him the truth. John, she said one day, your priorities are off. They're backwards. We need you, and you aren't even here. You don't have time for us. I'm not sure that you even have time for God. You care more about getting more than about what and who you already have, and something needs to change. The truth can hurt, and it hurt John. To hear that. But his wife didn't just give him the truth. She also gave him grace. Something needs to change, she said. And I want to change it with you. Let's start down a different path. And they did. And you know how life is. It wasn't easy. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't immediately solved but they started down that path of truth and grace together. And it was wise that they did. She's a wise woman because grace without truth, she would have lost him. He would have been swallowed up by those things that were consuming his life as she stood by without telling the truth about the pain he was causing to himself and to his family. Truth without grace, she would have lost him too because after confronting him with the truth, the only way forward is grace. One plus one equals three. You're called into the world, and so am I. And it's a messy one. It's a world that's full of people who don't even know which french fries are best. And you're called to see them, all of those people, as Jesus sees us first, with grace and with truth. Because here's... The reality, your teachers, 
who are struggling uh, to, to care for students who struggle with math or have things going on at home that, that are so painful that it's hard for them to talk about. You are parents who are raising children who are facing hurts and challenges that you would never ask them to face, whose temptations are, are like nothing you could have imagined as a kid. You are uh, working with someone or you supervise someone or you live by someone or there's someone in your family or you encounter someone day after day who has their priorities backwards or who's lost, who's looking for something in life that they're not going to find on their own. You and I, we meet people every single day, everywhere we go, who need a word of truth and a measure of God's grace. And we are called into the world. And we can decide. We can choose to go out there and cast stones. Or we can cast our eyes on Jesus, the word made flesh, who decided to come and live among us, who came full of grace and truth. As people of faith, what we have to do is we have to try. We have to try to hold those two things together as best as we can to see this messy world from the radical middle between grace and truth. And as we do that, we have to remember, ultimately remember, that it's really the grace and truth of God in Jesus that are gonna hold us. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you today for your truth. Your truth which shows us how to live, which shows us our need for a savior. And Lord, we thank you for your grace that comes to us in the life, death, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. By his sacrifice and by his wounds, we are healed. Help us to live between those two things in the radical middle of your love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.